This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Well, welcome to Betting Weekly, Extra Time, La Liga edition. You're with Dan Roebuck and Rory Barlow, editor of Football España. Analysis for week 26 coming up just ahead of five picks, plus, of course, a selection in the big game of the weekend, which is El Clasico, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Just, Rory, explain to betters what the situation is with Barcelona at the moment, because they're making the headlines for the wrong reasons at the moment. This is off the pitch rather than on it. Just tell us what's going on. Yeah, so on Friday last week, they were charged with continuous corruption by the Spanish public prosecutor. What does that mean? Well, essentially, they've been paying the vice president of the referees committee over the last 17, well, over 17 years between 2001 and 2018 that uh, is being investigated currently. There's no actual... We, we don't know how that's going to play out. Barcelona have their side of the story yet to be told, but they they will tell us at some point, presumably. Um, and so we're not quite sure where that's going to go. Sporting sanctions-wise, I know you're going to come on to this in terms of kind of this season. Uh, La Liga are time-barred from giving them sporting sanctions. So because it's happened over three years ago, they shouldn't face any points deductions or, or relegation, at least this season. Um, and I, I don't really see it coming to anything for a long time because I think this could rumble on for the foreseeable future. It, and it's going to wreck my head for, for quite some time to come. Uh, so for those that are holding anti-post tickets on Barcelona to win La Liga, and if a lot of punters took uh, your and Alan's advice right at the start of the season, they will be. There's almost certainly nothing to worry about for this season from a La Liga standpoint. Yes, without being an expert in, in law and without sort of knowing exactly for 100% certain that nothing can happen, I really don't see it, it coming to fruition in the next two months. Spanish bureaucracy is famously slow. I'm very well aware of that myself. And so if they do manage to get this through the courts in the next couple of months, then I will be banging at their door for my own, uh, my own processes <laughs> to get sorted out pretty swiftly. Uh, they are very, very short for the league. And most likely going to win it, but it will depend potentially on what happens this weekend in El Clasico. They're minus 14.30 for the title uh, with Real Madrid plus 800. That would change with a positive result, of course, for Carlo Ancelotti's side. We'll get to the big game of the weekend last because it's last up over the course of the 10 games. All of the games streamed, of course, on the Bet Rivers app from Friday through until Sunday. We're going to start our selections Saturday afternoon, 
11.15 Eastern time. This is Rio against Girona. Rio plus 107. Girona plus 270. The draw plus 255. Rio have lost their way a little bit here, uh, Rory. They haven't won any of their last five. They haven't scored in any of their last three. They were beating a Celta Vigo last week, as you predicted. But you are predicting at least that they will get on the score sheet this weekend. Yeah, I do think so. I think, I, well, I've gone both teams to score at minus 114 against Girona. We know Girona are one of the teams that score and concede the most goals in La Liga. And so I think that at home at 4.15 kind of local time here, it's going to be quite a nice time for the fans to pack out the stadium. I'm predicting it will be a sellout. I'm going to see if I can get a ticket, but it might be quite tight. So I think once you have that kind of rocking atmosphere, you're against the side that you know defensively aren't too solid. And I think that changes the mentality quite a lot. If you're if you're Rayo Vallecano and you know that you're struggling to score goals, then you come up against a side that pretty much everyone is scoring against. It, it lifts some of the pressure off you. Part of the reason they've not been scoring goals is because Raul de Tomas has been included in the side more, sometimes from the start, sometimes from the bench. That's kind of messed up their configuration, I think, a little bit. Because although he's very talented and he's, no doubt the most talented goal scorer in that squad, along with Radamel Falcao. He's not quite got the same kind of work rate as Sergio Camello. He's not quite the same kind of 10 as Oscar Trejo. So they had kind of a functioning system that had been working for them for two and a half years or so, and they've introduced a new element to it. And if it clicks, then they will score a lot more goals. But because of that kind of alteration, I think Iraola and Rayo are still kind of coming to terms with that. And then Girona, yeah, as we say, they'll be missing Alice Garcia, who's a big miss. He's He's been out for five, six weeks. Oriol Romeo is also a doubt. So they're missing a couple of key players. I think the way that will manifest itself, though, is particularly in the case of Alice Garcia, they'll probably employ a slightly more attacking option there. Roro Raquelme is, is on loan from Atleti. He's very talented, doesn't quite have the, the work rate. And I think um, Michel has tried to balance them out a little bit by, by leaving him out of the side in recent weeks. Uh, but I think that might see him return. And I think that will uh, make for a more back and forth game. And hopefully I'll be, I'll be there to see it. Uh, both teams to score, yes, uh, minus 114. Uh, Girona, both teams to score, yes, 18 from 25 this season. It's the joint most in La Liga, 72% incidentally. The other team whose matches have seen both teams to score, yes, in 18 of their 25 games is Espanyol. They take on Celta Vigo Saturday a little later, 6.30 local, 1.30 Eastern. Espanyol plus 180, Celta Vigo plus 165, the draw plus 230. We've been siding with Celta a lot. Uh, recently, and it's been a profitable um, way to go about things with uh, Celta Vigo. For me, this is an easier one to get with here because you've gone for both teams to score again, Rory. Yeah, plus 100, so so even money. And I think Espanyol, as you say, 18 out of 25, this has come in, just four clean sheets all season. Hosselu is back and, and fit and in good goal-scoring form, as was demonstrated against Real Madrid. He scored an absolutely thumping effort about eight minutes in one touch. No problem. And Martin Brathwaite's also in good form. Good form. The two of them have scored about sort of 70, 80% of their goals this season. And so I think you've got a home team that's battling relegation. As we know, they're going to give Celta a game. I think because we know that defensively they're not solid, we know that Celta are perhaps a little more conservative, a touch less likely to throw things at teams away from home, as opposed to Balaidos, where they're really quite strong and they really kind of go for teams a bit more. But I think the way that Asmas is playing, the way that Vega is playing, 
they're really getting confident about themselves and they're they're unbeaten in quite a few games in four they've got three clean sheets on the bounce but I think I was kind of going back through those games where they've got those clean sheets and against Osasuna against Rayo these are teams that have not necessarily known for having sort of goal scoring threats or or a strong kind of goal scoring culture whereas you look at Espanyol as much as they do have issues they do have goal scorers and so I think Espanyol will back themselves to score at home. I could see this being a 1-1 draw or a tight win for either side, but I do think both teams are going to score. So yeah, even money, that's where I've gone with this. Yeah, even money plus 100, both teams to score, yes, for the Espanyol-Celta Vigo game for all the Gabri Vega hype. And we've talked about him over the last few weeks. Nice to see Yago Aspas win with a couple of goals last week. That means... He's got double figures for the eighth consecutive season. He's plus 460 to get the first goal, plus 210 to score at any time. Uh, Vega plus 800 and plus 290 respectively. Do we expect Gabri Vega still to be a Celta Vigo player next season, Rory? The noises coming out of Galicia are that he's going to stay and renew his contract and up that release clause because at 40 million euros, I could very much see a Premier League side being interested. It's early days because his this is kind of his breakout season and it's only kind of a month or two into teams being interested in inverted commas. So I think although there's a lot of noise and a lot of speculation, I would probably back him just about to be there next season. But with the market, with the way the interest is these days, if somebody decides to pull the trigger before those negotiations get done, there's nothing Celta can do about it. And at 40 million, I don't think they'd be too disappointed either. Yeah, real good prospect. Just 20 and having a breakout year at Celta, as we know. We like both teams to score then in the first two games that we've previewed. A slightly different when we go to Atletico against Valencia. This is Saturday. It's 9 o'clock local, 4 p.m. Eastern. Atleti, as you would expect, minus 167. The favourites here, Valencia, plus 540. The draw, plus 295. Nine unbeaten for Atleti in La Liga. They did leave it late against uh, Girona. Alvaro Morata with that injury time winner. Uh, I was going to say, does Morata get the credit he deserves? It's probably the wrong way to to frame the question really because although he's much decorated wherever he's been he's not quite been that one goal in every two game striker but he is a streaky player is he doing the job at Atleti that he should be doing consistently do you think Rory? I think Simeone has never quite had the faith in him since his second season at Atleti he had that six month loan from Chelsea um, in the second half of, I believe it was the 2018 season or 2018-19 season. And he scored a lot of goals there. Atleti shelled out on him about 50, 60 million euros and and really committed to him. And for some reason, it never quite clicked between Simeone and Marata after that. Now, both have kind of made amends with each other since. And this season, they've both kind of tried to trust each other. They've both been very um, sort of praiseworthy of each other. But... Has it quite clicked? I mean, he started Memphis Depay in the last two games, which tells you that he's not entirely convinced that Morata is the answer if he's perhaps one of the responses that Simeone has. Um, I was directing my ire at Memphis Depay last week. I was was a goal off uh, Atleti coming in against Girona and two or three times he just bluffed opportunities that he really should have put away. But what does that tell you? It tells you that Letty are creating chances, that him and Griezmann are starting to build a relationship. We saw that in full effect um, the previous weekend to that in their 6-1 win over Sevilla. I think where I've gone with this is Atleti to win an under 3.5 goals. Ruben Barajas can come in at Valencia. We talked about it and we, he's really 
he's given them that battle and that fight back. Four goals in four games since he came back. Two for Valencia, two for the other sides. And that's resulted in two wins and two defeats. Those two wins have come at home. It's no coincidence. Mestalla is there, is going to be their fortress in inverted commas. And that's where they're going to try and win the majority of their points. This game, I think they'll make it difficult. I think they'll sit deep. That's the kind of game that Atleti don't particularly enjoy against them. So I think it's going to be a tight game. But as you were saying, Atleti unbeaten in nine, five wins in their last seven. This is a this is the form team in Spain. And I think the confidence is coursing through Atleti so much right now that I just back them to get over the line against Valencia. And once they score that goal, then the game opens up a bit. But I still don't necessarily expect this to be a goal fest, as I, as you can see with kind of the, the under 3.5 goals. Because, yeah, I mean, Atleti, as we saw against Girona, many chances, but not many goal scorers in that side. So Atleti to win an under 3.5 is plus 106, and that's where they've gone with this one, Dan. Yeah, I think that uh, 6-1 Severe win was something of an anomaly, really, with Atleti. Certainly since the turn of the year, 12 of their 14 wins in the league of this season have been under three and a half goals. Morata, as you mentioned, he's not been starting games. He's got three in his last two off the bench. He might start, if he does, plus 350 to score first, plus 155 any time. I would not take that bet unless <laughs> he started the game. That's for certain. You don't want him to come on for the last 20 minutes and holding uh, your money with a plus 155 anytime goal scorer bet. Just a, a, another word on Valencia. They're plus 650 to be relegated. Whenever I talk about these big teams to go down, you reassure me. We talked about Sevilla a few times this season and now Valencia. <laughs> they're only just out of the bottom three on goal difference. I mean, I, the, the odds suggest they're not going to go down. Have they got enough to stay up? I, I presume you're going to say yes here on it has to be the analysis because in terms of quality, they do just have more quality. And so if they can match other teams in terms of intensity, I think that they have a good chance of staying up. You look at Almeria, who are just below them on goal difference in the in the bottom three. Their away record is, is one of the worst in Europe. And so there's one team down in Elche. There's other teams in Valladolid, Cadiz, Almeria, teams that... Although they perhaps have over the season shown more organization, Valencia, they've just got too much, I think, in their side to to really kind of mess it up. And all we're really asking from them is for them to regress to the mean, which I think is about 10th, 11th place this season. So I do think they'll get out. I think Baraja has now got a bit of confidence on his side. And essentially what they need to do is beat the teams around them, not lose to the teams around them. And I do think that they will do that if they can match their intensity with Baraja. So far, they've done that. Yeah, and he might be a good fit. It, it's not really worked out for him elsewhere where he's coached, but that's not to suggest that at Valencia it won't. Sometimes, obviously, he's a fantastic Valencia player for a long time. He'll know exactly what the club expects and what the supporters want. So we'll see what happens. They are a big price to go down. I don't think they will go down. Uh, to be honest, uh, Real Betis Mallorca next for us Sunday, 2 p.m. local, 9 a.m. Eastern. If you're playing in the States, uh, Real Betis here, minus 127, their favourites, Mallorca plus 440. We are recording ahead of Real Betis' return game against Manchester United. I guess we expect them to bow out of European competition, given the score from that first leg at Old Trafford, although they played quite well in the first half. They've drawn the last couple in La Liga, but this is a good game to get back to winning ways to domestically, whatever happens in that European fixture, Rory? Yeah, I think I'm always slightly um, slightly more cautious when the team's coming off a European night. But in this case, because as you say, the scoreline from the first leg doesn't work in Betty's favour. And also 
Joaquin came out of the match after that match and said, look, we'll give it our best go, but, but it's a big result against a very good team and uh, we're all but out. So that kind of mentality, I think once a Benito Villamarín is kind of bouncing and it's loud, they'll, they'll go for it, but they, they know that this is difficult. The cynic would suggest that with Borja Iglesias starting on the bench against United, and to be fair, it did work for Pellegrini better in the first half than the second, but the cynic would suggest that perhaps they were resting players against Manchester United in the first <laughs> leg and trying to go for go for La Liga because they know that they've got a shot at this top four with uh, Real Sociedad kind of stumbling a bit in, in recent weeks. I expect them to go all out for this game. They're against Mallorca, a team who are notoriously bad away from home, five defeats, defeats on the bounce away from home. The priority is their top that top spot against Villarreal last weekend. They did look a little bit tired in that second half in the last kind of 30 minutes as Villarreal came forward, but I think they were also conscious of the fact that this was a good result against another side that's challenging for the top four. Away from home, you pick up that point and you, you stay within kind of Real Sociedad's grasps and reaches. So, so yeah, I think this is this is going to be a kind of Pellegrini will sell this to his players as one last big effort before the international break. We get through this, we get the three points, and it's all to play for in that kind of final run in the season. I think they've still got Lareal to play, so so that will be a massive game. And so yeah, I've gone Betty's to win at minus one two seven. It's not uh, groundbreaking odds, but given Mallorca's away record, given the way that Betty's have been struggling through against these kind of lower league, lower in the division sides, and and although Mallorca are tenth. They're they're not doing badly. Just I just think they've got enough to to battle their way to victory here. Yeah, I, it's Mallorca's away form, isn't it? As you touched upon, it's been awful recently. And Real Betis, mm. I don't think they're going to be in the top four after this round of fixtures because Larial play Elche, but that's going to be an interesting battle for that last Champions League spot. Presuming that Atleti are going to be third, which we've talked about a little bit uh, this season. Betis to win minus one twenty seven is the pick. Big game of the weekend then El Clasico, probably biggest betting game. Uh, on the planet, I would have thought. Uh, the handle is going to be huge, certainly in Europe, certainly stateside as well. It's a good time for USA betters as well. Obviously, it's Sunday night in Spain. It's 4 p.m. Eastern in the States. Barcelona are plus money, which some people will like, plus 107. Real Madrid plus 250. The draw plus 275. Over and unders is interesting. We'll get to this in a sec. The, the mark at the moment is, uh, and it's bound to change, uh, over two and a half is minus one twenty-five. Under two and a half is plus one hundred two. Um, this is really the last chance for Real Madrid. Uh, they have to win, don't they, Rory? If they've got any designs on winning the title, they are what nine points behind. Uh, they have to win this game, don't they? Yeah, I think it'd be nine points behind with twelve, thirteen games to go. So yeah, you're really struggling if you if you don't pick up the three points here. That might work in Carlo Ancelotti's favour because he can sell this as a knockout tie. And we know that Real Madrid are much better when it's all or nothing. So they do have to go at this from the perspective of we have to win. That does put pressure on them to score the goals, though. That's where I perhaps have my doubts about this Real Madrid side. I was looking at it, and over the last nine games, they've underperformed their XG five out of those nine occasions. So... For a side that generally has the quality to overperform their XG, that was a bit of a surprise to me. We spoke about that Liverpool win away from home, the 5-2. That was the outlier in, in recent weeks. They've not been scoring loads of goals. They did score three against Espanyol, but against Espanyol, who, as we said, have lost their last nine times at the Bernabeu. 
So yeah, I think this is a side that's struggling for goals and that first goal will be absolutely crucial. Depending on how that goes, it will open up or close the tie in Barcelona's favour. Betters beware, I would say, about Barcelona to win because they only really need a point in this game. It's, I mean, I'm sure Xavi will tell the side to go out attack to, to try and win the game, but if there's 20 minutes to go, they're not going to be throwing people forward unless they have to. So, so yeah, I think it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be very cagey. The one that, the one thing that kind of works in Barcelona's favour for me is that Ronald Araujo will be back from suspension in the three games, the three most recent games where he's played on the right side to deal with Vinicius. Barcelona have won all three, and I think they've only conceded one um, in those games. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very much in Barcelona's favour. I think this game because, as we said, Real Madrid when they the other team has to go at them, when the other team has to leave space, as we saw against Liverpool last night in the Champions League as well. They're much better. They can play through that press. They're experts at that. And that's what's served them so well in the Champions League because they play those bigger teams. Those bigger teams are used to pressing. That's their kind of modus operandi. But when you come up against those deeper blocks, it's difficult for anyone to break them down. But when you come up against a good side that's willing to sit that deep, as Barcelona, I think they'll try and press early on. They'll do do it in stages, but they'll be happy enough to, to defend Mira Madrid in a deeper block as well at times. And I think that will really work against Real Madrid, Vinicius and Benzema. Yeah, they've been pragmatic under Xavi and they have got a good framework to play their football. Um, tell me uh, about the uh, the Varkal situation with, with Real Madrid. Nice nice um, story on on your website here because they've lost more points through Varkals than any other side. Is there a sense that, I mean, there probably is a sense of grievance with Real Madrid. There always is if they're not winning. I mean, what, what's the, what's the, the narrative around this, Rory? Well, I mean, it is a it's a narrative that comes out of Madrid. Um, I I'm very skeptical about these kind of stats because you can have this many var calls, but essentially you can use that in in both ways. Because Barcelona can say, well, the referees keep calling these things wrong, and if it wasn't for var, then we would be level on points. And Real Madrid can say, well, the var keeps intervening and robbing us of points. These, <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter unless you actually look at each individual decision and decide whether it's correct or not, which. As we, as we very much know, Real Madrid and Barcelona don't necessarily agree on what decisions are correct or not, depending on which colours the, the players are wearing. So, so yeah, I mean, I think it's it's much of a muchness. It's a bit of a... It's the Madrid press flexing their arm and uh, perhaps trying to to pressurise the referee in a very pressurised environment. But, but, yeah, I wouldn't pay too much attention to it, to be honest. What is the selection then? What are we going for for El Clasico? What's the best bet for you? I've gone Barcelona to win or draw plus under 3.5 goals. That's minus 118. I think Barcelona need this more. They're more committed to winning the league. The game is set in their favour and sometimes that can work against teams if they're a little unsure about whether they're attacking or not. But I just think they're so determined to get over the line with this one that they will battle their way to at least a point in this match. And and yeah, I, I don't see there being too many goals because Barcelona don't score many. They don't concede many particularly at home, just the one conceded from a penalty. So unless Real Madrid open up an early lead, unless they open up a two-goal lead, I don't see this being a particularly sort of goal-festy classical. The goal line is interesting. Touched on it before because historically there's always lots of goals in this fixture. And it's a little bit counterintuitive because you always think two good teams, two evenly matched teams as they have been, over however many years it's been when they've been battling for the title tends to see 
um, 11s cancel each other out. But there's always goals, although there has been historically. The last five have been over two and a half. But you tend to think, and you've been, you know, talking about the way that they play, you tend to think this one is going to be under, it is going to be down. And Barcelona winning three games on the spin, 1-0. This is this is not Messi versus Ronaldo anymore, is it, Rory? It's not. And if you look at the first two classicals of the season, both of which finished 3-1, which would be just over the 3.5 line that I've set, those were both teams in terms of Real Madrid lacking fitness in the second tie. They were really kind of strung out, couldn't really press at all, couldn't string three or four passes together at times. Barcelona, the first time they were missing Ronald Araujo, they were missing, um, I think, Andres Christensen as well. So they didn't have that solid base to work off. And then once you go go a goal down in the first kind of few minutes, they're always going to be kind of a bit they're, they're going to leave gaps at the back, which is where Vinicius and Benzema work best. And they, they have that kind of confidence. So we saw in those first two games, a lot of goals, but we saw teams that weren't necessarily sure of themselves. They weren't sort of at their best. And, and while I don't think either of these teams are at their best currently, I think they're very much more aware of their limitations. And so I think, uh, yeah, we'll see a, a much tighter game with more on the line. This is the game with the most at stake that we've seen so far. And I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be cagey. And so that's why I've gone under, even if traditionally we do see entertaining uh, goal fest. I think this will be entertaining. I think it'll be um, a good game, but not necessarily full of the goals. And just one final word on the game and a wider point about the golden boot. Robert Lewandowski has only scored twice since we resumed uh, from the World Cup in La Liga. He's only three goals clear of uh, Enesunal and Hosselu when it comes to the golden boot in La Liga. He's minus 670 to be top scorer. Very, very short. You tipped him up right at the start of the season when he was around, I think he was just minus money. Um, Have the way that Barcelona developed over the course of the season under Xavi, has it made it harder for him to score? Does he not get the chances? Has he not got the framework or is there not a framework in place for him to get the amount of opportunities and goals than maybe we thought he was going to get at the start of the season. What's, what's your thoughts on Lewandowski at the moment? He's plus 295 to score first in El Clasico. He's plus 108 um, to score at any time. He's favourite in both markets, but it, it could potentially he not finish as, as top goal scorer this season. What, what, do you, what do you, What's your thoughts on Lewandowski and the way that Barcelona is selling up on all those markets that I've just mentioned? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, you mentioned Enes Unal and Hosselu as his nearest challengers. Benzema isn't too far behind. The thing that I'd say works in Lewandowski's favour is the fact that there are there have been so many factors that have contributed to his kind of lack of goals. So firstly, I don't think he's been at his best since the World Cup. He's not been quite on it. He's got an international break. Hopefully for Barcelona, that kind of refreshes his mind a little bit. But I think more key is the fact that Pedri will be back and Usman Dembélé will be back after the international break. Pedri should make the classical game, I should mention as well. Um, he's returning to training today with the group. So yeah, I think those two players are responsible for at least 50% of Barcelona's creative output, to be perfectly honest. Dembélé stretches the game. He he takes defences back another five, six yards because they know about his pace. And in addition, he's able to get to the byline and put those crosses in that Lewandowski likes. Pedri is the one that moves in between the lines best. He's the one that can receive the ball and then play it off under pressure. Whereas the rest of Barcelona's midfield, they struggle to do that with their back to goal. So I think Lewandowski has been starved of service to a certain extent. Barcelona have switched to four midfielders to be more solid. So that automatically takes the game further away from the goal. 
And so, yeah, I think there's a there's a variety of factors. Lewandowski's not been at his best, but with those returning players from injury, with the fact that Barcelona's fixture list should get a little bit easier as well, they're going to have weeks of rest in between all of their games between now and the end of the season, more or less. I still back Lewandowski to to bring home the golden boot. Uh, Rafinha scored the first goal in the last two games, of course, for Barca. Both 1-0 wins. He's plus 750 to get the opening here, plus 300 to score at any time. Uh, right, let's just rattle through all the selections for you then. In El Clasico, big game of the weekend. We like Barcelona or draw and under three and a half goals at minus 118. That's a solid selection. Uh, Real Betis to beat Mallorca, minus 127. Probably better the weekend for me. Atleti to win an under three and a half goals at plus 106 in Atleti's home game against Valencia. In Espanyol against Celta Vigo and Rio against Girona, both Saturday games, we like both teams to score. Yes, just bef- uh, finally, bef- before we sign off, uh, Rory, Real Madrid obviously through to the um, quarterfinals of the Champions League. Their third favourites at plus 600. Man City, our favourites at plus 180 with Bayern Munich plus 275. That plus 600... Could look very big. We're talking ahead of the draw. The draw might be being made as you're listening to this, uh, listeners. And if potentially they get in a half of the draw where they don't potentially meet City or Munich uh, until the final, should they progress? I mean, Real Madrid at plus 600 could be a massive prize depending on the draw. Yeah, it's it's as particularly if you, if you imagine that City and Bayern draw each other. I imagine those those odds will come come quite a way down. You can't really back them uh, back against them in the Champions League, can you? Because as I was saying, the the way the games are set up for them, the way that other teams approach them, it's it's just so much more in their favour than it is in the league. And you look at Bayern and City. Would Nagelsmann or Pep have the kind of the the humbleness to to ease off and to sit back a little bit deeper against Real Madrid? That's something we're yet to really see against them. And I think the fact that Real Madrid are so so much more stodgy in La Liga and so much more difficult to put put a finger on. I think that really contributes to the way that Champions League managers set up against them because they think we do have a chance. This team aren't that good, but as soon as you open up that game, you open up for the likes of Modric, Kroos, Benzema, Vinicius, and they're big game players. They're players that raise their game for the Champions League. And so I probably wouldn't back them to win it just because... Perhaps I'm conditioned by all the all of the kind of yeah stodgier performances that I see week in week out, but equally I'd say they're probably favourites to at least get to the final. Going to be interesting. The draw is all important, of course, and no doubt that the odds will be tweaked and changed as soon as that draw is made. Head to the Bet Rivers site for all the latest on the futures when it comes to the Champions League uh, and all the markets for La Liga. And just a reminder that all the games streamed live over the course of this waking, uh, this weekend, including El Clasico on Sunday afternoon, Eastern, Sunday night, of course, um, locally. Rory, thanks for your company. That wraps up uh, a betting weekly extra time La Liga edition. We are off next week due to the international break, but we'll be back in a fortnight's time for a preview of week 27. Stay across all of the Bet Rivers content via at Because We Win. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.